Good morning, friends, and uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Regen. And welcome to this season that we call Ordinary Time, yeah? Right, where we're, where, where we're exploring the ordinary, the ordinary mustard seed, and how that can create um, a huge push, right, for us to uh, be able to uh, provide shade. Well, there's a story that's been told, and a story that's been passed down through the years. It's a story of a farmer who goes out to plant some seed. And the story goes something like this. Like some indeed had fallen by the side of the way. And then having come the fowls, the birds, right? We talked about those birds, those you know, pesky birds. They devoured the seeds and they left nothing behind. Others now had fallen upon the rock, the teacher says, where they did not have much earth. And they at once sprang up because they did not hold depth of earth. But after the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they did not hold roots, were dried up and withered away. Now others had fallen upon the prickly plants with the thorns. And the prickly plants with the thorns, they then ascended. They grew tall up and over and strangled these seedlings to death. And then others now had fallen upon beautiful, good earth and were offering fruit. Indeed, some a hundredfold, some now sixty, some now thirty. So then the one having ears, the rabbi says, I think you're starting to track that this is one of Jesus' parables. The one having ears, let them listen and comprehend. He's saying, let them put the pieces together. He's saying, truly hear what it is that I'm speaking, right? Truly take to heart what the sower is sowing. So let's pray, and then we're going to dig into yet another one of Jesus' comparison stories this morning. Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, as we continue in this ordinary time, as small mustard seeds that can grow to provide shade for even the undesirable fowls or the birds. Would you give us new ears with which to hear your stories? New eyes with which to see the world around us? New hearts that line more with your sacred heart and new hands and feet with which to bring the liturgy or the service of our lives into the world. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, so when we... Oh, is that thing from my... That's why it's making those weird noises. All right, hold on a second. We are having tons of technical things. What? Uh, You know what? When it rains, it pours. We'll We'll just deal with all this today. All right, so there might be a little bit of... Those things are actually... These things are actually really cool. They're in... The, they're in microphones, too, for singing because they help not have that pop sound back there. So, All right. A number of years ago, um, we were, uh, when we had actually just moved in, we tore down two trees in our front yard. And so we just had a big pit of dirt. That was basically all that was there for the first summer. Well, we tried to grow grass then each and every year since we lived there, sometimes 
to no avail, and sometimes we've had decent grass. What I do remember, though, is I remember when we first moved in, there was a, um, there was a guy who we're friends with who uh, was, into, was into landscaping, things like this, and he said, you know what? Most people try to worry too much about their lawns. They just, they, they, they worry about getting the right, like, seed spreaders and the fertilizers, all this stuff. He goes, honestly, the best way is to go buy the cheapest seed you can find and just take handfuls of it and just throw it, scatter it everywhere you can. Anywhere you can possibly just throw this cheapest seed. Well, guess what? I think that was one of the better years we had. We had grass. And this story is what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about a guy who did just that. He grabs a sack full of seed, a bag full of seed, and scatters them everywhere. And in this uh, metaphor of, of, of sorts, Jesus is saying that they're going to land at four specific places. One's going to land on the side of the way. Others will land on rocky ground, under others with thorny plants, and the other ones on good or beautiful earth, um, Matthew records. And as each of these seeds lands on a different type of soil, a different kind of earth, a different result of fruitfulness of each seed is seen, right? You know, all the way from the one that fell on the side of the way to the good and noble soil. What we're going to do here is, this is one of the few parables that Jesus actually explains to us. He gives us the explanation for the parable. And so we're still going to be in Matthew 13 if you're following along. We're going to jump up to verse 18. This is Jesus' own explanation of the story. What we're going to do is we're going to go through it in its original context. And I'll kind of parse out some of the, some of the nitty-gritty here in these, uh, in these five or six verses. And then we'll put it all together um, at, at the end. So if you're following along, uh, Matthew 13, 18 to 23, if you've got a Bible in front of you. Whatever translation you want to use, um, I'm going to be going from the, uh, from the original, uh, from the Greek. All right, so therefore you, and he uses this word you plural, listen. Listen, comprehend the parable of the one having sown or scattered. So he's saying here, guess what? Listen, I'm going to explain it to you right now. He says, all who comprehend by hearing the logon. Right? The logos is that, that it means word. Right? It, means, uh, it means word. Right? In the beginning of John, John wrote, in the beginning was the logos, right? the word, we, 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 the Christ. You know, the anointed Christ is the word. Now, the tense that this particular uh, logon is in is a really common term in the New Testament with a person sharing a message. So this is really a connotation of a spoken message here. You know, so all who are comprehending the spoken message of the kingdom, right? Christ's kingdom, where he says his reality lies, but is not synatos. Think of synthesizing, right? We get that word from that. Is not understanding, is not putting together, not joining all the facts into a comprehensive interlocking whole, okay? So whoever is hearing and comprehending, synthesizing, trying to get us to synthesize, to understand and put these pieces together, okay? So whoever hears the spoken message of the kingdom, but is not synthesizing, not putting it together, Matthew writes, poneros. This is a word that is, um, speaks to the effects of evil. Um, you may have in your translations the evil one or just evil in, in and of itself. I'm not sure what your translations say. But this word is like the laborious and toilsome, pain-ridden, inevitable agonies that come with evil, okay? So if you're not understanding, 
You're not synthesizing, putting together the spoken message of the kingdom. Then the results of evil come and seize by force what has been sown or scattered in their heart. And he says, this is the one having been sown by the side of the holdom, which is the way. Which is interesting because in John, Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when the seed is not scattered on the way, but rather on the side of the way. Now, number two, he says, that which now, having been sown upon the rock-like places, this is the one who's listening to the logo and the spoken message, and at once taking a hold of it with joy and delight, but has no root or source within themselves. He says, you're in a temporary season. It's only lasting a little while. Because, however, when thelepseos, pressure, this is like speaking of internal pressure that confines or restricts someone. Or the diogmu, which is persecution. This actually literally means like to hunt someone down, you know, to stop them, trying to suppress them. So when internal pressures or, or persecution, when someone's hunting down because of this on account of this word or message, the spoken word, at once they will stumble on account of falling into a snare or a trap. That's what that one is talking about. Number three. So that which now, having been sown into the prickly plants with thorns, this is the one who's listening to or hearing this spoken word, this spoken message. But the merimna, the division. This word merimna is like a, a, a part that's been separated from the whole, right? Which brings about worry, anxiety. It's, div- it's, it's dividing and fracturing humanity into parts. Then the merimna, the division of this present age and the deceitfulness or the false impression of abundance of riches and comfort will choke the word, will choke that spoken message and it comes into being as barren or unfruitful. All right, last one now. However, that which now, having been sown on the kalom, the good and the beautiful earth, this is the one listening. This is the one who is sinase, right? That's, That's synthesizing. This is the one who's truly understanding, putting the pieces together, literally into a comprehensive interlocking whole. This is the one who indeed makes or manufactures, produces, and brings forth fruit. Indeed, some a hundredfold, some now 60, some now 30. So Jesus lets us in here on what exactly the metaphor is, that the seeds that are being scattered are his spoken word. (laughs) The things that he teaches about, the things that he has spoken concerning his kingdom, right? The logon basileus, the basileus of the basileus, the, the kingdom. These are words that Christ has spoken concerning his kingdom. This is the spirit of who he is and what he's trying to usher in. So think about what what are the spoken words of of, of Christ? What are the seeds that he's sowing all over the place and he's hoping will be, 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 be planted within the soils of our hearts? Think the Sermon on the Mount, right? You know, turn the other cheek, love for your neighbor, the narrow way of love, not being overly worried, not serving two masters, take the plank out of your eye. I mean, there's, there's lots in the Sermon on the Mount there including the Beatitudes, right? You know, he's sowing those seeds of blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who thirst for righteousness and justice. We sang a whole song about that just a few moments ago. Think of some of Jesus' other parables, right? The good Samaritan, the lost sheep, the mustard seed from last week. 
um, the parable of Lazarus and, and, and the rich man. Like there's, there's all these things that Jesus has spoken, sown, and scattered all over for us to hear. These teachings, these spoken words, and so much more, they're all pointing towards that uh, Hebrew word of shalom, towards peace, towards atonement or oneness between creator and creation, and then thus creation and creation. So now let's put it all together. All right, we just, that, that was kind of like a, um, when, you're, when you're parsing out the Greek, that, that was a very wooden translation. It was kind of probably hard to follow. So let's put this all together now and let's look at the first place where the seed can land, this spoken word. All who are hearing the word, the spoken message of the kingdom, and are not truly synthesizing what it's about, not putting the pieces together, then the laborious and toilsome results of evil will come, cease by force what has been sown in their heart, the center of who they are. This is the one sown by the side of the way, the side of the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus says that when his spoken word lead, that leads to life and flourishing, when that just simply lands on the side of the way, that when these words land on, not on the way of Christ, but on the way around that path, it's when we don't allow them to sink in and go from our head to the heart. That's when we hear something, but it kind of is just like, meh, all right, I'm not going to let it actually transform me here. When that happens, then the undesirable, right, birds or fowls, representing the undesirable effects of evil, will snatch it away. We'll snatch away the good and loving teaching, leaving the center of our hearts cold and empty towards the world. It's leaving then thus the garden of his kingdom of oneness, of shalom, empty and without tangible fruit, he's saying, for the beauty of, of the world. So now number two. The ones that were sown upon the rock-like places... This is the one hearing the word, the spoken message, and at once takes a hold of it with joy and delight, but now has no root within themselves and is in a temporary season because when tribulations, when internal pressures, when persecution on account of that spoken word comes, at once they stumble, it's like they've been fallen into a trap that's been set. So when the seeds of Christ's message of what he teaches fall upon rocky places, it's like when we hear the word, we listen to it, we get really excited about it, right? The ideas of wholeness and restoration and atonement for all creation, right? It gets us going. It gets us super, super excited and motivated. But then pressures, internal pressure, to not live this way start to creep into the garden, yeah? This would be when others criticize the ways of Christ or, or condemn or try to destroy the ideas of like Christ's atonement and and, and, and restoration. When others put pressure on us to not live in his spirit because it doesn't benefit them or it causes discomfort. You see, as, 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 as people of Christ, as people who follow Christ, we do dare to dream of another world. Another world of equity and, and, and salvation for all because we dare follow in the ways of who calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. When we dare to take seriously the spoken message of Christ, when we dare to speak up and take care of the, the orphans and the widows, the stranger among us, who Christ calls the least of these, not everybody's going to like it. There will be people who don't like the ways of Christ simply because they have something to lose. And normally the something to lose is when we allow someone else at a seat 
at the table, bumping us down or whoever it is that's uncomfortable with Christ's message down a proverbial notch at the table. You see, when Jesus says we've given in to those pressures to stop loving as he does, he says it's like we've got no root in those rocky, th- in those rocky uh, places. We've got no root within our hearts to stay faithful, so therefore it's way too easy then to just wither out and to fall into a trap. Number three. We're almost there. There's a lot of teaching today. I promise we'll go head to heart next week with a contemplation. Number three. The ones who are sown into the prickly plant with thorns. This is the one who's hearing the word of the spoken message. But he says the division of this present age and the deceitfulness and false impressions of abundance choke the word. Choke the spoken message and they become barren and unfruitful. So when the seed of the message of Christ falls into prickly thorns, it's like when we start to understand it, we start to get excited about it, but then we get too caught up in the divisions of our age, Jesus says. And how often do we allow the divisions of this present age to choke out the beautiful gospel of Jesus? How often do we see the divisions in the age of our own, even American politic, choke out that third way of Christ. The division that insists on black and white, the division that insists on the blue way or the red way, one way or another, instead of the spoken message of Jesus. Division that doesn't allow the third way of Christ to bleed into the garden. It doesn't allow that radically third way of Christ to produce fruit within the garden. This beautiful third way that doesn't see human beings as issues to solve or people to conquer, but rather sees people as intricate humans made in the image of God. And let's face it, most of the big ticket issues that are out there that we see on the political spectrum all the time are, are there for a reason. Our two political parties like to pit one another against each other. Cause divisions of the age, as Jesus says, right? Where there's only one way to fix this problem on one side. But then there's only one way to fix this problem on the other side. So where's that radically third way of Christ that looks at these issues and says, hey, this is a delicate issue. This isn't black and white. But rather, this is something that maybe we can sacrifice a little bit of self and look at the whole instead of being excited that my side is conquering the other side. This is what Christ is talking about here. Right? If you notice, Christ in his teachings never went to Rome and demanded that Rome did something his way, but rather to his own people to have wholeness of heart and to bring that shalom. But however... The ones that were sown on the good and beautiful earth. This is the one hearing and truly comprehending, really synthesizing, right? Truly putting the pieces together. Who indeed produces and brings forth fruit. Indeed, some a hundredfold, now sixty and some thirty. You see, when we're open to the ways of Christ, when we allow the spoken words of Jesus to fall into good and beautiful earth, that good and beautiful soil of our hearts, when we truly put together the pieces of what we're hearing and allow Christ's words to go from our head 
to our heart. From knowledge to a true, full entrusting in the inner core of who we are. Then, he says, fruit will come, right? Then the garden will produce something tangible. Something that is noble. Something that is true. Something that tastes good and actually brings sustenance to the world. Rather than what our politic does and bring division back to the world. Something that brings sustenance and life and life flourishing. And we all know what it's like when life seems to be going as it should, yeah? We've, we've been in those moments before, but we also know those moments when it's not. And let's face it, we each go through these various seed landing spots all the time. There is never one that we're always fully in, like where it's like, you know, I am, you know, I'm the perfect Christian, I'm the good soil. But that guy over there, they're in the rocky thorns. They're on the side of the way. You know, we're always constantly in flux. We're always constantly, you know, going in one direction and then repenting, you know, changing our mind and coming back into one of the soils, right? Sometimes we're in a season where it feels like the seed is falling to the wayside, right? Where the effects of evil have taken over. You know, we're not connecting with God and his greater design for creation. But other times we're in a season where it feels like we're being scorched by the sun. Because we've given into the pressure to stop believing in a better world. Or others have given into the pressure to stop believing in a better world. Other times we're in a season where it feels like the thorns are choking us. When we've given into the divisions in our midst rather than taking a deep breath, extending the table, listening to others, and looking at these issues through the lens of Christ rather than through the lens of red or blue. And still at times we feel like we're experiencing heaven on earth. When Jesus' ethos, his kingdom is blossoming, flourishing, where there is fruit just pouring off the trees of our lives and those around us. You see, this whole Christ scattering his seeds thing, it's an ongoing journey. It's a journey that we're constantly navigating. And so he simply says, he who has ears, listen, comprehend it, just, 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 just listen. And so that's it for today. Um, that's a lot to contemplate this morning. So we're not going to then go into a further contemplation. Uh, we're going to pick up back next week with what is that fruit that can be produced from the garden, right? If the sower, if Christ is sowing his seeds into the garden and it falls into noble, good, you know, beautiful soil, what is the fruit that then can be produced that can then go full circle back into his you know, kingdom and his kingdom ways. So let's pray. Um, we'll commune. We'll, we'll move forward in our service. And next week, we'll, we'll, we'll really dig into our hearts what those, we'll call it the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, you probably know where I'm going with this now if you've you know, read any of Paul's letters in the New Testament. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, would you plant the seeds of your word, the seeds of your ways, of your kingdom? deep within our hearts, deep within the earth of our hearts, the soil of our hearts. God, may we water the gardens of our hearts so that way those seeds can grow. So that way those seeds don't get lost on the wayside when we're too oblivious to care. Or so that when those seeds don't get, you know, scorched by the sun. Eaten by the birds. 
God, so that way those seeds don't get choked by the thorns. God, may you create us to be more and more made in your image, in the image of Christ. In Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And my friends, if you haven't had a chance to grab your elements for the Eucharist, this would be the time.